You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hello there, Slow Down Society, and thank you so much for being here. We are on episode number 42, and today I am going to share some stories, some personal stories of me and growing up and how I've sort of evolved through the years, but still sort of maintained the great, huge, sort of overarching vision and sort of purpose that I have sort of had for myself since a very young age. And the reason I wanted to record this today is, well, two things. First off, I'm writing a manuscript right now. I'm sort of creating an ultimate guide to slow living. And while there are some how-tos and some scaffolding in place to figuring things out for yourself, I wanted to weave in some personal stories and um, a narrative because I think stories are helpful in seeing that it is not a straight line. It is not linear. It is not a spreadsheet. Sort of figuring out who you are and what your purpose is, is a bit of a ping pong ball that you're trying to contain sometimes. And so I re-listened to the episode number 37, where we had a, a listener call in Chelsea, and she was asking how to figure out your purpose. And so I was listening to my advice to her. And my advice still stands. So if you are struggling in any way of trying to figure out what you're chasing and where to program your metaphoric GPS and figuring out what your purpose is, I absolutely recommend that you go listen to episode 37 and take some time and, and sort of go quiet and go within and go dark and try and figure out what it is you're chasing, what it is you want out of life. I do strongly believe that if we're lucky, life is long. And so regardless of what age you are when you're listening to this, I don't want you to think that you're behind. I think people get aha moments and different inklings at different times throughout their life. And sometimes it's only in retrospect that you can look back and be like, ah, actually, I've already had this idea before. I've actually been thinking and feeling and wanting this from a really early age, but I didn't know what it was and I couldn't put my finger on it. And so that's why I wanted to share my own story with you here today, because in the process of writing this manuscript, I needed to kind of go back in time and sort of put together a whole bunch of random puzzle pieces. And it was only because I took the time to do that, that I realized that they did all sort of fit together. And so that's what we're going to go for today and talk about. It is a gorgeous, foggy day here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I am recording this right smack dab in the middle of the summertime months. 
And if you've never visited San Francisco in the summer, you might be surprised to know that there is a lot of fog and it does lift and it ends up kind of being a pleasant day around 11 a.m., 12 noon or so. And it, it's low 70s usually is is what we have. But I like these slow, easy mornings when the kids are still asleep and Sheldon is up, but he gets up, eats, and then immediately goes and takes a nap, which is kind of <laughs> the moral of my story and why I, I am sort of all about slowing down is because that's where I personally find the moments of joy is in the peace and the quiet and the tranquility and just this kind of peaceful, overwhelming feeling that we have the whole day to figure it out. And and yes, there's grocery shopping that I need to do and there's laundry that I need to do and there's a lot of writing and there's a lot of work that I need to do today, but I have this just sort of understanding and confident feeling that it will all come together. It always does. And there's really no time limit. I've, I've got the whole day and, and it's just fine. So when I was young, and I want to say, I don't know, I was probably seven, eight years old, I read Charlotte's Web and Fern had this little baby pig named Wilbur that we all knew. But I knew at a very young age, I wanted to be just like Fern. And Fern to me just seemed like she was insanely carefree and she had this pig that she loved and and dressed this pig up and put bonnets on him and pushed him around in her baby carriage. And I just thought Fern seemed awesome. And the way E.B. White described her is she had dirt on her knees and she was barefoot all the time and she was running through the garden and just completely and totally carefree. And when I think of living a slow living lifestyle, that sort of word carefree plops in my brain. And that's sort of what I try and embody and what I try and help my coaching clients come to is that feeling of everything's just fine. I did all the things. The ducks are in a row. I I have a plan and I'm following the plan. And I know that if I continue to follow this plan, everything will work out. And just how exhilaratingly free that feels. It's as if this entire weight is off your shoulders because you know you've got this plan in place. And Fern with Wilbur was a little kid and and she obviously had no plan. She she had no expenses. She had no bills. She had no anything. She just was this little kid. But when I think of carefree, what I think of is Fern kind of running around with the dirty knees and dirty feet and just playing with his pig and having no cares in mind. And so I have that sort of vision in my head. And then this other sort of vision, and this is so silly, but because I was born in the late 70s and I kind of grew up in the 80s, the movie Driving Miss Daisy, which is so silly, but this older lady, Jessica Tandy, is sitting in the back of this car just sort of being driven around and whatever she wanted and whatever 
thought she had, the guy would just kind of drive her to the place. And I thought, gosh, she seems insanely carefree also and just happy. And she's old, but she's lived her life. And I have no idea what she did in her life. I have no idea why she has the money and the wealth she has to just sort of drive and, and, and go where the wind blows her. No idea. And honestly, I didn't care <laughs> at a young age how she got to that place. I just thought that was kind of cool. And I liked the idea of being an older lady with kind of long gray hair. And, and I can totally envision myself that way. And so I always sort of had that as an, another kind of snapshot or vision. And if I was a young kid making a vision board, it would be a picture of Fern holding Wilbur and then somehow in some weird way, a picture of Jessica Tandy just being driven around by this guy and just bossing him around and getting whatever she wants done. So there was that. And then also, <laughs> I spend a lot of time. So every day after school and every summer I spent with my grandparents and they were retired and they just seemed so relaxed and they just did what they want. They slept in every morning. They had eggs for breakfast. They took their time to tidy up the kitchen and then make the beds and, and just do things that retired people did. And they were so at peace and we never felt rushed. It just was what it was and be like, oh, okay, well, today we're going to go to the grocery store. All right, well, let's get out a pad of paper and a pen and let's very slowly write out our grocery list. And there was never an urgent feeling because, again, they were fully retired. They did not have an urgency to them. And, and I was young, so I, I never really paid attention to the fact that, well, of course, Steph, they had already done all of the things and they already had a practically paid off house or, or whatever it was. And grandpa had a pension and they, and grandma had different money coming in from, I don't know if she had a pension, but I know she had written some books. So I know she had royalty and I know she had different things and I knew they had investments and they of course had social security and the pleasantness <laughs> of being a small child and being around that just non-frantic energy was insanely comforting to me. And they weren't quickly trying to get dressed and showered and, and put a suit on and, and get to work. They had already done all that part. And I missed it, obviously. So I have no idea <laughs> if during their working years they were frantic people or not. I, I really honestly don't know. But that is what I remember. So growing up, those were the different visions I had. I didn't want to feel behind. I wanted to feel like the days were long and the summers were endless. And if you felt like taking a nap after eating your tuna sandwich and then watching Perry Mason on the black and white TV in the kitchen, you could because whatever, it, there was plenty of time in the afternoon to do those things. So I always kind of liked that feeling of being slow. And then fast forward to real life and, and I'm in getting jobs and, and going to college and 
getting married and, and having kids and all of that kind of stuff, that all sort of pivoted, obviously, and needed to change because we had a life to live. We had rent to pay. We had bills. And so I had that, but I, I sort of put it on a back burner for a while. But I kept getting little like nudges, and I'm going to call it the universe. And, and I titled this episode Listening to the Universe because for me, I sort of encompass all things God and intuition um, and nudges from the universe. I'll just call it the universe. So f- fill in whatever <laughs> makes sense to you. If, it, if it's answering prayers or nudging from God or whomever, it's, it's all A-OK for me. I am an equal opportunity religiousy and spiritual person. It's 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 no biggie. But I I I remember when my my very very first job when I was engaged and a newlywed was I was leading this after school program at a rec center. And so because it was after school, I didn't actually need to report to work until 11 a.m. And my working hours were 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it it didn't pay well, but I loved it. I loved it because I didn't start work until 11 a.m. So I could sleep in. I could do the things that I wanted to do around our little apartment. Adam had already left and gone to work. So I had this kind of quiet, peaceful time to myself. I remember gathering the laundry and walking it downstairs to the coin-operated washer and dryer, and everybody else in the building had already gone to work. So it literally was me, and I had plenty of time. And I I remember sort of being addicted to court TV and watching a lot of court TV at the time and folding laundry and just feeling like so on top of my game that I always knew what we were having for dinner. The apartment was this tiny little one bedroom, but it was spotless. And I really enjoyed kind of playing house and doing the things around the house that needed to be done and then going off to work and then coming home. And because it was an <laughs> running an after-school rec center program for kids, there was literally no homework. I would clock in, clock out, and... um I never needed to think about work in any way when I was home. And it was exhilarating and it was lovely and it was wonderful. And it checked off lots and lots of boxes, except for the fact that it paid hardly anything. And so during that time, I I had this inkling like, well, gosh, if we're going to make it in the San Francisco Bay Area, something has got to change. And so my my very first sort of book, personal development kind of wealthy mindset book that I bought was because I had taped Oprah and was watching it after work one day. And it was Robert Kiyosaki and it was my very first book that I ever bought on Amazon. But he was on Oprah and he was pitching Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so I made an Amazon account that day and bought that book. And I think this was in 1999. And anyway, so from there, I had this sort of mindset and and idea that I wanted to live this sort of carefree, tranquil, slow life. But I understood that in order to do that, I needed to be financially free 
and we needed to have all of these different boxes checked off. So that, like if you were to put another picture on my young Steph vision board, it would have been like financial freedom and and rich dad, poor dad, and that sort of idea. And in an upcoming episode, I'm going to go over all of the different books that have been impactful to me over the years. But that one definitely was up there, and that was the first one. And so from there, life happens. We we I moved from this sort of easy, wonderful, carefree job to a, a more prestigious job where I was running a childcare center housed within a courthouse, and I was the director, and it paid a lot more, and because it was in a courthouse, I got to wear kind of fancy clothes, and I remember walking around in heels and listening to my my feet on the the tile in the courthouse hallway and, and feeling very proud of myself that I felt kind of Melanie Griffithy and and working girl or whatever it was. And I'm like, oh, I've got my my power suit on and I'm walking around and I felt very cool. But I always sort of kept listening to different audiobooks on tape and, and knowing that there was more somewhere. I always sort of thought that I would write one of the books on audio tape that I had listened to was Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And then from there, I had listened to a few more things that Stephen Covey had done. And I realized that he was he was the founder of the Franklin Covey Company. And, and so while this whole courthouse thing is happening, we ended up having baby number one. And because I was running a childcare center for this nonprofit within the courthouse, she came to work with me. So she came to work with me every day. I was able to nurse her on demand. She was in a sling. Everything was great. We were getting, I was getting paid. I was getting benefits. The baby came to work with me every day. But, and, and while it looked great, and it, and it was in many, many, many ways, I didn't like that I had to wake her up every morning and get out of the house and get dressed and, and, and do something that I didn't want to do. I still did it because I've always looked at work as adult daycare, and this is what adults do. They have to do the things. But I always did sort of have this inkling that there was more and that there was an easier way, and I wanted to slow down and not feel like I had to do all these things. I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do, and getting up and getting out of the house every day was not something that I wanted to do, even though I continued to do it. So I had her in the stroller, and, and I would push her, to a, a local library at lunchtime because she never slept unless she was on the move. So she was in a stroller. And I checked out these different audiobooks. So back to Stephen Covey. I figured out that he had developed the Franklin Covey Company, which were day planners. And I didn't like how all of the advice and all of the things that he was talking about were for businessmen. And I was a young mom and the the checklists, things that I wanted to do weren't showcased in these planners. I wanted checklists to make sure that I got the laundry done on time and that I put the winter clothes away at a certain time and I purged things properly. So that was when I first got the idea of the Totally Together planner. And, and that was the idea. And so 
I got this sort of nudge and an inkling from the universe to send off an email. And so I sent off an email to the Franklin Covey company and they ignored me. And then I kept, I kept going. <laughs> I, I, I didn't give up. So, so I kept emailing. And then at some point I ended up with their customer service line and, and we emailed back and forth and then they had sent me a coupon for 15%. And so from there, I knew I wanted to write books and I, and I wanted to help young moms and help people do the things that they needed to do and get it over with quickly and efficiently so then they could goof around and do the stuff that they wanted to do. And so that's when I started writing book proposals and, and pitching agents and doing things like that. And then even though I kept going to the courthouse and kept doing these things, I knew there was something shifting and, and the universe sort of responded in that I ended up opening the door one day to a bailiff and the bailiff was there because there was a very high profile court case that was about to take place and he was there. They, they brought him in from the state to sort of look through the security, just the, the way security was laid out and just sort of the, the overarching protocol. So this was post 9-11. So security was already in place in a lot of ways, but um, we're bringing in this high profile case. And it happened to be the Scott Peterson case with Lacey Peterson, if you ever wanted to look that up. So he, this bailiff came in and he pointed at my little one who was sitting at my feet and was like, what's going on here? And I'm like, oh, this is a childcare center for people who are doing business in the court. And he said, well, if there's ever going to be a jailbreak, the first place they would come is here, and we wouldn't want a hostage situation with this one now, would he? Would we? And he's pointing at my baby who's sitting at the floor. I think she was, I don't know, she was 18 months or so at the time. And so I freaked out. So I nodded, I thanked him, I double locked the door and I called my boss and I quit right there on the spot. So that was an example of the universe sort of intervening and putting me back on this plan. So I always had the vision. I always had my GPS in place that I, I wanted to stay home. I wanted to be carefree. I wanted to be financially independent. I wanted these things. And so that was another example. And then the other one came years later, and we had two children at the time, and I was working in a different childcare center and, and had both kids coming to work with me. And again, on paper, looked great. Everything was, was hunky-dory in many ways. We're, we had moved away from the San Francisco Bay Area, but had bounced our way back. Um, we were living in our dream neighborhood. The, we were in the, the best school district. Everything was great on paper. And we've got now two little baby girls and they're amazing and wonderful. And I loved every bit of being their mom. But I was continuing to pitch literary agents. I was continuing to pitch magazines and newspapers. And, and I knew I wanted to somehow work for myself. 
become financially free and and do the things that I wanted to do and and be the kind of mom that I wanted to be, which was carefree, which was easygoing and and not having to wake the kids up and get them out the house and get dressed and and go to daycare and, and go to preschool and do all this stuff. That said, even though that's what I wanted, I did what needed to happen. And what needed to happen was to just sort of suck it up and and do adult work and 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 keep showing up and get the paycheck and get the benefits and and do those things. So I think that is what the biggest disconnect is, is I think some self-help and personal development authors say that if your bucket's not being fully filled, it's okay to quit. And I'm not saying that in any way because you're an adult and adults need to do adult things. And sometimes adults need to suck it up and do what's right for the greater good of the family, even if you're not insanely fulfilled. And just trust that the universe will intervene and it'll be really, a, you'll, you'll just know what the next correct step is to take while still meeting all of your financial obligations and taking care of your health and making sure that the house is all <laughs> standing around you. So that's a really big point that I want to make sure that you're aware that while you are chasing your dreams and, and fulfilling your purpose, you are still doing the things that you need to do. I just finished watching Kramer versus Kramer, where where the mom in the first scene leaves and needs to kind of go find herself. And so she steps out of the family. And um, and that's a really hard scene to watch. And while on one side, I get it, like you do need to do what's right for you. On the other side, when you are making such huge rash decisions, um, it sets off a course of events and it flips over a bunch of dominoes and you can't just abandon your family in any way. So anyway, um, back to the the second sort of nudge from the universe that I got was, again, both kids coming to preschool with me, everything is great and wonderful. And then my youngest at the time started vomiting sporadically and um, we couldn't figure it out. We thought it was daycare germs for the longest time. And so I sort of ignored it and did all of the things that in retrospect were horrible because I was giving her saltine crackers and little oyster crackers and Cheerios and very bland, full of gluten food. And then lo and behold, she had um, celiac disease, so a gluten intolerance. But this was back in 2006, so it wasn't anywhere near as prevalent as it is now. And so because of that, I quit again. And that is how the Crock-Pot site started. That was another way that the universe intervened and gave me this huge honking red flag that what I was doing wasn't working. It, it wasn't what the plan was. I, I needed to go back and, and sort of pay attention to, to where this GPS was set, which was, again, to be home with the kids, goof around, and 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 work for myself, essentially, while still fulfilling all of the financial obligation. So all of that is, is exactly where 
most of you found me was was when I was running the crockpot site and and doing that and and that paid all of the bills and fulfilled all of the boxes for a good 10 years until all of a sudden it didn't and I talked about that in the first few episodes when I start started letting you know that I ended up having this massive anxiety attack while I was driving and it was because of the instant pot and the crockpot stuff had shifted and changed yet again and which makes sense cuz there's the only constant in life is change and the internet had changed algorithms and Instagram was a thing and and influencers were a thing and Gwyneth Paltrow started her site and and all of this stuff happened and so I needed to decide was I going to follow this new trend and do things all instant pot or was I going to sort of pull back a little bit and and go slow and do the things that I wanted to do and that is where we are now so Going back to episode number 37 of of figuring out what your purpose is and then sort of setting your metaphoric GPS, how does this all apply to you and how can you use this story and, and sort of find your own nuggets embedded within there? I think you can. I think everyone has similar inklings and and nudges and and different things that happen throughout the years and throughout the days and, and sort of these kind of gut intuitions that if you go slow and and take the time to sort of piece through it, you will find what you're looking for. And you will realize that when you're slow and you pay attention to your health and you get enough sleep, and you don't ignore the things that bother you, but sort of face them head on, um, it all just works out. And, and it's having faith in, in yourself and in your gut and in your intuition and in the power of prayer and following the nudges of the universe. So, okay. I hope that was helpful. Please Reach out to me. Let me know. What is your inner GPS pointed to? Where is it you're heading? How can I help you? And I hope you know how absolutely wonderful you are. Consider yourself loved and hugged. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.